You're listening to Rooted and Overflowing. Welcome to today's episode of Rooted and Overflowing. I have the awesome honor of sitting down with Vanessa Davis, an artist and the author of a new book entitled Rebound, The Ball is in My Court. You'll learn more about how this memoir came to be and also get a glimpse of the beautiful gifts God has blessed Vanessa with that have not only kept her rooted in Christ, but it's also enriched the lives of those who know her. Vanessa is employed with Head Start Services, a component of the Administration for Children and Families of the United States Department of Health and Human Services. She serves as a manager of the Health, Mental, and Disabilities Program for her area. Vanessa is a mother and a grandmother and also a pastor's wife at Open Door Baptist Worship Center. You can connect with Vanessa on her Facebook page, Bounce Back to Bounce Forward. The links to the page and to purchase your copy of Rebound will be in the show notes. Well, Vanessa, welcome to Rooted and Overflowing. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Well, I am certainly excited to have you here. You are certainly one woman on a mission. When I was preparing for our conversation today, I was just wondering where to start because you are a pastor's wife. You also are a manager within Head Start, and we know all about Head Start. So that means I'm sure that you deal with not only children, but you deal with the families of children. You're a mom, you're a grandmother, you're an artist, and you're an author. To get us started, Vanessa, please introduce yourself. Okay, I am Vanessa Davis. Um, I live in a small town in East Texas. Uh, close to the Louisiana border called Center, C-E-N-T-E-R. And um, I am married to uh, Pastor Alvin Davis, who is pastor of Open Door Baptist Worship Center here in Center, Texas. I am also a manager for Tri-County Community Action Head Start Program and Early Head Start Programs, where I oversee the health, the mental health, and the disability programs for that program, where I work closely with the children, with the teachers, with the families, and all the staff to make sure that our children are healthy. Um, We focus on making sure that they're getting their Texas health steps, making sure they're getting their dental appointments, making sure that if they are having any type of social and emotional problems that we focus on social and emotional learning and nutrition, making sure that they're eating properly. So it's multifaceted. We also make sure that uh, we're doing screenings to make sure that if we suspect any children might have some disability that we are uh, focusing on that and helping those children get the services that they need. Uh, And of course, we are working with them on uh, the education aspect as well. And as you said, we work closely with the families to provide them support. So that's pretty much who I am. I am a mother and a a grandmother, and uh, I get so much joy in that. Um, My husband always says, "Mm, if I knew that grandparenting was this much fun, we would have (laughs) just skipped the children and just had the grandchildren. So isn't that something? (laughs) I I know that firsthand because my mother-in-law and our son and his grandfather, when he was living I mean, every weekend from the time he was still in a the car seat up until now, 
uh, the the weekends are at grandma and granddad's or they're at yeah. grandma's now, but the weekends were grandma and granddad. <laughs> yes, they're just a joy. I mean, you just get so much joy, so. Yes. Well, we certainly have Head Start in common. Um, speaking of my mother-in-law, she retired from Head Start. We are just appreciative of the work that Head Start does to keep citizens and their children healthy and on the right track and, and get that Head Start in life. So thank yeah. you, you know, for the work that you, you do. Well, in reading your bio, I noticed that you are an artist. And I would love for you to tell me a little bit about your artistry. What artwork do you do? Well, I have always drawn. I've always been a person that I just love to draw. And, um, you know, I've, I've done some some painting. But right now, what I'm working on are two children's books. Uh, I'm in the process of right now. Actually, I'm wanting to do a children's book for each of my children, my grandchildren, that can be shared just with other children, you know, I would like to do them and dedicate them to my grandchildren as something for them to have of me for later on, just something that they will have forever. And what I'm working on right now are those books, and I'm actually illustrating each of those books and uh, drawing stories of things that go on <laughs> with my grandchildren. Like right now, my, my seven-year-old loves to dance. And so, um, I'm doing a book called Olivia, the Dancer. My 10-year-old, he loves to play video games, but when he's playing his video games and the video game is beating him, he really gets very angry. So right now I'm writing a children's book for him about his emotions and about his feelings and how he ends up learning to calm down, to take a deep breath and to relax and think about what's going on, learning to self-regulate, something that I'm that I'm finding most children really, really need us to be teaching them some of that social and emotional learning that I talked about earlier. That so. is that is awesome because it's funny because with children, we get to see them feel and demonstrate everything. Their emotions are so raw. When they are happy, they are very happy. When they are sad, they are very sad. When they are angry, they are very angry. But I love what you yes. said about self-regulation, you know, and this is a fantastic opportunity for you, like you said, to not only reach your grandson, but to reach other children and other parents and grandparents who can share right. their child. Exactly. Yeah. Start teaching those those self-regulation skills, start teaching them to get in tune with what they are feeling Mm -hmm. at a certain moment and how to how to deal with, you know, because a lot of times they don't even realize that they 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 don't really realize that they're even that angry or that upset or, you know, so and and a lot of times uh, when they're happy, they don't know how to express that. So it's, it's, you know, I'm hoping that it will be a book that will just help my grandchildren, but also help other children uh, learn how to hone into those feelings, emotions, and self-regulation. Awesome. So Vanessa, tell me about Rebound. Okay. Rebound is a book that is really and truly my story about multiple trauma that I dealt with. Rebound is actually my memoir. It is written based on the analogy of basketball because my husband was a basketball coach for 23 years. And then he also was a basketball player in high school and in college. Watching him coach through the years and watching 
him work with his teams, especially on the fundamentals. It, it just taught me so much. And him, seeing him pull a team together made me think about how during the times that since he and I were together and the things, some of the things that we went through that caused me trauma and caused me some trials, some difficult times, I thought about some of the fundamentals that he taught his team and the importance of working together. Because through my my trials and through the things that I went through, there was a time when we didn't really work so much as a team. Mm-hmm. And so um, I felt like I really needed to rediscover myself um, because I had, through the, the pain and through some of the trials that I had gone through, I began to feel bitter mm-hmm. and I and unforgiveness crept in. And so I just needed to think about, and I, I had always wanted to write a book, but I really didn't think, know that this, this was going to be my first book. Uh, because I, I had several things in mind, but during the pandemic, when I had time to reflect, because I was at home working, and so at night, when I would get through with all my work, I would go back and pick up my journals, because I've always written, and so I had piles and piles of journals through the years, and when I sat down and I started reflecting and reading those journals, The work that I needed to do was at the forefront. I realized then, okay, this is what I need to do. And so I was also going through a coaching program at the time. And I began to talk to my mentor about these feelings and these thoughts and these things that was going on with me. And she helped me, you know, just by telling me, okay, those journals, you know, pull them out and you can start writing. And so that's what I did. And and in the midst of my pulling out the journals and writing, I began to really take a closer look at myself. And I just had to ask God. I had to go to God in prayer. You know, I would go in my secret closet and I would just talk to him and I would ask him, Lord, remove this unforgiveness and remove this bitterness. You know, those two things were really and truly breaking me and tearing me up inside, you know, because that was not who I was. And so that's why I needed to try to find the authentic Vanessa, the Vanessa that, you know, the the little child, because the trauma started when I was a little child. And so it it just carried on into adulthood. So Mm -hmm. I had to rediscover who Vanessa was. And so that's how the the process of rebounds started. Fantastic. You've said several things that I'd like to touch on. The journals. When you and I talked prior to our conversation, that was fascinating for me to learn about your journals. Can you tell me about how you got started writing journals? Because I'll be honest, some of us are taking a course (laughs) in journaling because I think it's known that there is power and peace and release and relief that can come in journaling, but it's difficult for some of us, but it sounds like 
based on our conversation before, that that was a practice that caught on with you early. Can you tell me about how you got started with journaling and like, what did it do for you? You know, I just always have, have journaled. I have just always done that. Um, My grandmother who raised me used to journal. She used to just keep a journal. And uh, when she passed away, her daughter, my aunt and I, found some of the things, some of her journals. Wow. And the stuff that she wrote about was, was us, <laughs> you know, her, her children, uh, her grandchildren. And, uh, you know, and then she just wrote beautiful stuff. Like she would talk about the old oak tree mm. that sat in the front yard wow. and it was like poetry, yes. but she was just sharing what she was living in the moment. And so I just started journaling, you know, uh, mm-hmm. I always have, um, you know, when you just said that I picked up one of my journals and this one is from one twenty five oh nine. you know, I journaled mm. way before that, but this is just one that I just, you know, picked up because you mentioned it. And it, you know, on that day I wrote, forgive me, Lord, for being judgmental and selfish, remove these characteristics from me. Then I wrote this week, witness one person. I'm telling myself that, uh-huh. that you can say something positive to. You know, I, I took something from what Stephen Covey said and I wrote, begin with the end in mind. Do first things first. And then I said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. You know, journaling was just a way for me like mama would do, get into the right now. And then later on, when you go back to it, you even say, wow, yourself. You say, you know, it's, it puts you in awe that you even put that stuff, especially when you look at it mm-hmm. years later. Because when I pulled out the journals and I started reading some of the stuff that I had written and some of the stuff that I had gone through that I had really forgotten that I even went through, there were times when I got stuck in my writing because some of it was too painful. And so I had to stop and reflect and, and think about what lesson did you learn from that, though? And so thinking about what lesson did I learn from the painful situation was the way I was able to write. That is so beautiful. And I can just imagine, you know, even contained with within your writing, a history or a snapshot of the time that you were living in. There's the song that says, I look back and wonder how I got over. And, you got can, over. and like you said, you could go back, you know, you have a journal that you could go back to 2009 before that, you know, 1996 and see, wow, I was crying out to the Lord for this and mm-hmm. look at what he's done. Phenomenal at a time when many of us are looking for the time and trying to learn the importance and the value and how do I journal? It sounds like you just opened up a book and wrote, you know, you opened up a notebook and wrote. And it sounds like too, it's a part of your legacy. That is fantastic. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And so how did the journals, um, I love the story that you shared with me about how the journals even helped to make Rebound come to, come to life. How did that happen? 
I got my journals. I read through them. Um, and then actually I ended up taking them apart because, you know, it was so much, it was so much stuff. And so, you know, for this particular book, what I was wanting to do, my audience was those people who have been through multiple trauma uh-huh. and need to know that even though you go through trials and tribulations and you have unexpected things happen in your life, you can still bounce back. The power of resilience can be a part of who you are. And so the journals, I ended up taking them apart. Right now I have them, a lot of the pieces of them in a Ziploc because Mm -hmm. I I took them all apart because I I took out bits and pieces Mm -hmm. that were going to be a part of this book. I really didn't write about all of the good times because that's not what this, this part of my, my life and memoir was all about. I didn't write about all the bad times either, but I did write about those things that had me having certain thoughts, you know, that I thought about all the time. I wrote about things that, caused me to have certain feelings. Uh-huh. And then I also wrote, wrote about things that caused me to have certain behaviors and uh-huh. certain actions. The way that I was thinking, the way that I was, my CD-ROM of all the things that happened when I was young, kept playing over and over and over uh-huh. in my mind. And, and that had me stuck. Wow. That had me stuck in unforgiveness. Then the things that, that had happened in my marriage, my first marriage, where it was a domestic violence situation mm-hmm. would play over and over in my mind. Mm-hmm. And so I would have certain actions, you know, wow. my, I would have certain feelings. And so I just began to put all those things together and think about, okay, how, how could this help somebody else? Because I know there are other people out there going through some of the same stuff. Yes. I never want to minimize the tragedy that we experienced during the pandemic, because we know that there are families who experience not only illness, but people lost loved ones. And so I certainly uh, never want to minimize the tragedy of losing 600,000 people to an illness. At the same time, I don't think it has been a secret that many people during this time um, have been able to do things that they hadn't been able to do before. Because we're at home, you know, many were managing work at home, so they didn't have to prepare to go to work. They didn't have to make the commute. So we just had time to do things that we hadn't been able to do. And if I remember correctly, that was the case with you and Rebound. Tell me how the Lord moved on your heart during that time. During that time, I was writing Rebound during the pandemic. And um, on August the 3rd, my husband started getting sick. So one of the chapters in Rebound is definitely about the pandemic. He got sick. Then two of my grandchildren got sick. And then uh, right now, his mother is living with us and she has dementia and she Mm -hmm. ended up with COVID. Wow. And so that day, my husband and I were actually preparing to go and see my son in Maryland. Mm -hmm. And we had to cancel our our trip. I had to move out of our house 
with two of my grandchildren because two of my grandchildren had COVID. And so they were at home with their mom who also got very sick. And so that was one of the traumas (laughs) that we went through, you know, during the whole process. So I ended up writing about that situation uh, as well as writing about the situation with my uh, mother-in-law having to come and live with us because of dementia. So I I did a lot of writing in August um, about the whole situation. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Now let's talk a bit about trauma and things that we can do when we find ourselves confronting or reflecting on a traumatic situation. Well, first of all, trauma can be anything that affects us physically, that affects us mentally, affects us emotionally, and it jeopardizes our well-being. And trauma is different for different people. Like for the little children that I work with, you know, when I'm dealing with with a child that, because, you know, Head Start deals with, with some children who are at risk. And so when you're dealing with a child whose parent may be incarcerated, then that's traumatic for that child. When you're dealing, even dealing with a child who is just starting school and they have not ever, they've never been to school before and they're being left at a school for the first time, Mm -hmm. then that attachment that they have with their parent is in jeopardy. And so that's a traumatic experience for that child. And so you have to take all of those things into consideration. You know, when you're dealing with someone who is going through a divorce, that's, that's traumatic for that person. Someone that may be on um, drugs or, or someone that's an alcoholic, you know, that, and you're having to actually uh, live with them and deal with them. Well, that's traumatic, especially for the person that is, is living in that situ- situation. Of course, it's traumatic for the person that is actually going through it and, and having to deal with it yes. uh, personally. But it, it can be traumatic for the whole family. And so when, when we're dealing with trauma, we have to really learn how to seek, to understand what someone is going through. So empathy is a big part of dealing with, with trauma. Being able to put yourself or either just listen to what is going on and try to get an understanding so that you know uh, how you might be able to help that person. With trauma, you know, it's important that a person that has gone through trauma, and the reason I say this, bring this part up, is because I know that this is what made the difference in my life. Mm -hmm. because of the different traumas that I went through. Mm -hmm. And that is relationship. Mm -hmm. The relationship and the connection and the bonding that I had with my grandmother who raised me, with my uncles and aunts who raised me, those adults who were there and made a really big difference and showed the love and the caring for me made all the difference. Even though I was all messed up, even though I, you know, because of the thoughts and the feelings and the things that had happened that caused me the pain because of, I'm dealing with all of that, but because of their love uh-huh. and because of their compassion and their empathy, that's why I was resilient. 
Amen. If that makes sense. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, the relationship, that, that connection is so important. And that's why as we're dealing, when we're doing the social emotional work with the children that, that we see that are acting out, that are having, that are coming in, hitting and kicking and biting, you know, that are going through, you know, they're going through something. They're so angry. So that fight and flight and fright things sets in because of mm -hmm. they don't feel safe. Yes. You know, because of something that has happened somewhere down the line, because there has been some type of trauma in their life. Uh, so when they have teachers that recognize that and that are able to, to um, empathize and mm -hmm. look at things from the child's perspective and love that child and listen to that child and notice that child, it makes all the difference. And that's where that relationship, those relationships come in that you were talking about. Um, because it's like, yes, yes. Having that, having that nurturing, having someone take time, you know, to hear and understand from your vantage point certainly does make a difference. And talk to me about trauma and the bitterness and unforgiveness and how we can navigate that. Okay, well, you know, for me, it was having to take a step back and look at me. I had to reflect and it was getting into God's presence and it was prayer and study of the word mm -hmm. and meditation mm -hmm. and taking the time after doing those things, listen to what the Holy Spirit was telling me, mm -hmm. was saying to me. Mm -hmm. um, because I was, I find myself becoming bitter mm -hmm. and I was not able to forgive and move past that. One of the scriptures that really touched me and that I still rely on is judge not because I was, I was mad at those people that hurt me. So I was judging them. Judge not that you be not judged. Condemn not that you be not condemned. I was condemning them because of the things that I felt like they had done to me. But I didn't know why they did the things they did. They, you know, so I couldn't, I, I couldn't condemn them because I didn't really know what they were going through. Mm -hmm. What they were going through, my, the reason that I was being treated the way I was being treated was because of some thoughts and some feelings that they were having too. Example, one of the things that always bothered me, and I write about this briefly in my book, is I was upset with my grandmother for years because she never would give me a birthday party. One day, she just told me that the reason that I don't celebrate and give you a party or anything, and she didn't do it for any of the other kids either, was because my mother died when I was born, her daughter. So. During my birth, March 31st, 1959, that was also the death of my mother, who was her daughter. So she didn't celebrate my birthday because it was her daughter's death day. And so she, um, she loved me and she showed that she loved me. But for years, I was angry because I didn't get to have a party until she told me why. And so... The, you know, you can't condemn people because you don't really know the why behind what they're doing. 
And so to the other part of that scripture is forgive and you will be forgiven. And then the last part is give and it shall be given unto you. You know, so if you forgive, if you learn to forgive others, then that's going to, first of all, help you. Forever, I thought, you know, forgiving all of these people that I was upset with was going to, okay, well, they're going to feel good, you know, about themselves. I'm forgiving them. But the forgiveness part is for you so that you can get over that bitterness, so that you can get over all that negative those negative thoughts. And so that when you are trying to be difficult and just not going to talk to somebody because you're mad or, you know, whatever, those behaviors come from unforgiveness. Those behaviors come from those thoughts and those feelings that you have of unforgiveness. And so this, that means that's what, because the more you focus on those things, the more you're going to get those things. But if you focus on the positive, the more positive stuff you'll get. Vanessa, that is that is amazing. And it's like compassion has just been coursing through your veins, just coursing through your life for a long time. You were able to cultivate unselfishness to say, you know what? Okay, let me understand what my grandmother, you know, what her train of thought is. And I'm sure you have been able to experience the fruit of that in your life. Exactly. You're here to tell the story. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. The resilience from her, uh-huh. from that love that, you know, that, I mean, it radiated, it radiated through her, you know, and she would often tell me, you know, I just want to make sure that I'm doing all that she, your, your mother, that my mother's name was Lolita. I want to make sure that I'm doing all that she would want me to do. And so I knew that she loved, loved me. And I know that that love is what catapulted the resilience in me, kept me going. So Vanessa, what would you say to that individual who may be in a difficult situation, a traumatic situation? What would you say to them? Focus on on you, what's going on in you, because it's important for us to do the work for ourselves so that we can learn how to heal from within. The healing has got to come from within. So I I think that it would be important to reflect on what has happened to you that may be causing you some, some hurt, may be causing you some pain. And think about what have you learned from that, this situation that's going on in your life. Once you think about what what you have learned, then think about, okay, what could I have done differently? And of course, um, getting in God's presence, just had a grandbaby come in. That's all right. (laughs) Getting in God's presence in prayer, in meditation, and seeking him and his guidance. Of course, like you and I have already talked about, if you have someone that you can, you feel comfortable with, you can trust and you can talk to. If you're in therapy and counseling, you have a pastor, you know, your best friend, somebody that you can trust and you have bonded with that you can share some of the your concerns, I think is important. Amen. And what I love about what we've been talking about today is just how you, you take ownership 
And that ownership says a lot. And that is something that that can help us to get that healing process going. I do have one final question just about prayer, because you mentioned prayer and you also mentioned counseling. Can you give an example of how prayer has helped you throughout your healing process? My conversations with God, and we talked about journaling earlier, a lot of times when I would journal, my journals would also be my prayers. And so I would write the prayers out. Then years later, I would go back or months later, I would go back and I would look at the prayers and the meditations and the the conversations that I had had with God. And I would see how he had worked some stuff out. It was just really, you know, really helpful. Um, You know, my, my husband is a pastor and to see him when he gets up at four o'clock in the morning to pray for us, to pray for his family, to pray for his church, to see things happening as a result of those prayers. My sister, you know, uh, talking to her and and the way that she would pray about some things and, and have the family praying about things and then to see things be manifested. It just gives you strength. Amen. Amen. Well, I thank you for our time together. And this certainly will not be the last time. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to this episode of Rooted and Overflowing. To listen on your favorite app, visit rootedandoverflowing.com. When you're there, you can also click the About tab and gain access to resources that are designed to inspire you in your walk with Christ. When you rate and review the show on your favorite app, it helps me to make sure I'm sharing information that's helpful. So let me know how I'm doing and invite a friend to listen. Until next time, stay rooted in Christ and overflow with gratitude.